Welcome to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, episode 23. Uh, continuing on our line of taking a stoic look, a deep dive into important stoic topics, today we're going to be talking about rejection, how to practice rejection, and how to ultimately accept rejection as a daily part of your life. With that being said, I'm your co-host, Ren. And I'm your co-host, Mateo. Um, so today, uh, this is going to be our first virtual episode. This will be the continued format of our episodes as we move on into college and kind of the this next chapter of life and whatnot. So this is our first virtual episode. We will be moving back onto YouTube, our YouTube channel. We will be publishing these recordings um, on YouTube once again. So we put up a poll recently and we got, you know, majority vote. Yeah, they would like the people would like us to return YouTube. So that is what we will be doing with that. And so, you know, as as you said, Ren, we're diving into rejection today. Rejection is a pretty, I would say, significant and very prominent part of life. It happens daily to us on small scale or big scale. And so, you know, I think relatively the format of the episode is going to look like, um, you know, we're going to kind of have an open discussion about it. And then at the end, we're going to follow up with some tips on how to best deal and manage uh, being rejected. Right. Um. And I think it starts with a conversation of the small scale rejection, right? We take rejection kind of as an overwhelmingly negative thing. When you think about rejection, you think about, oh, I asked so-and-so out and they said no, or I, you know, I got rejected from college or some, some big picture thing. But if you think about it, rejection more often happens on a small scale. If you think about all the times that you're said no, you're told no, you're told not right now, you're told you can't have that daily it's very trivial things that that happens with on the day-to-day scale, but it happens so often. And yet when those small scale things happen, a lot of people, you know, they may be temporarily dissuaded. They may be a little bit upset, but they don't let it bother them. But then when it comes to that big scale rejection, all of a sudden it's magnified and it becomes an extreme and it becomes something that's so terrible, something to be, you know, really sad over or something that discourages you from continuing that action in the future and it's something that Stoics simply did not agree with. And we, we'll go over the variety of ways that Stoics, um, you know, said rejection was bad and how rejection is subjective. But ultimately, just reviewing the kind of bad, the negative of rejection first is, I think, what we should do. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree because, you know, there's a quote that says it's from Seneca. And I think the more of the quotes that I'm going to discuss later, are a lot of Marcus Aurelius had a meditations, but this first one from Seneca is... Um, a good person dies events with his own color and turns whatever happens to his own benefit. Right. And so that point you mentioned is there's this like negativity, this lens of negativity that's around rejection, but you were telling me, you know, rejection isn't, it's, it's an objective thing. We just have, we push our own views of life onto rejection that sort of magnified into this negative thing. But in reality, rejection is completely normal. It, it's it's a part of life and so this quote is kind of exemplifying that you know you walk through your life and you do what you can and then whatever happens to you that's external you somehow you know you acknowledge it and then you leverage it into your own benefit right and so the first you know when you're talking about rejection it's important to understand that rejection is completely it's a natural part of life you know it's as normal as and as natural as like the food chain right that's just a simple process of life that's inevitable and therefore your external or your internal views are going to place like this external fault on rejection. You're going to blame, you're going to put this negative stigma around. But in reality, what's more important is to sort of look at it 
without a bias and just understand this happened and then you move on from there. Right. And I think um, as part of Seneca's quote, it's interesting to note that many Stoics kind of practiced poverty or they they physically practiced rejection so that when it came naturally in their life, they were ready to handle it. And that looked a variety of different ways. For Seneca himself, it was practicing poverty once a month, realizing, you know, um, if I can't put food on the table, like if I'm living an impoverished lifestyle, it's not fun. And But living through that and experiencing that and realizing that he could get through it at least once that month meant that when he returned to his life of, you know, fame and status where he did have money, he took chances that, you know, may have resulted in the loss of money may have resulted in the loss of status may have downgraded his life a little bit because he wasn't scared because he practiced rejection. He practiced failure and he practiced poverty. So he wasn't scared of any of the results and that allowed him to be free. Ultimately, one of the biggest drawbacks of being scared of rejection is the fact that you are no longer free in your day-to-day life, right? When you're scared of rejection, when you're scared to take that chance, you're no longer able to do all the things you want to do in your life, right? Because being successful requires sacrifice, but it also requires a lot of courage. It requires, you know, putting your foot out there, um, stepping over the line, taking risks. And if you're afraid of rejection, you're much less likely to do so. So therefore, you're much less likely to be successful. And that's, I think, for me, one of the biggest drawbacks of rejection. One of the reasons that I have been practicing rejection is that when you walk through life and you're afraid of somebody saying no, then you can never be successful because you're going to have to hear 10 no's to get to that one. Yes. That's something that I've lived my life by, especially over the past year and a half is that I have to go through those 10 no's. I have to go through those 10 rejections to get to the big win, to get to the yes, to get to something that makes me feel successful, but too many people are scared of rejection. So they're not going to push through those 10 no's. They might get through one or two. They might, you know, say, okay, I'll take a chance this one time, but that's not good enough. And that's what we're doing here today. It's why it's important to talk about the Stoics did not accept that rejection would be something that holds them back. They wanted to be free. They said that freedom was the biggest virtue. Um, Epictetus says that freedom is the only worthy goal in life. He said that the only way to actually win this freedom was by disregarding the things that lie beyond our control. And rejection is one of those things. It's something that lies beyond our control. And I know that's something that we both agree upon, and I'm sure you can elaborate on. Well, yeah, I'm. it's like you said, it's, it's all natural. It happens. And then it's the same concept with failure as well. I mean, rejection can go just beyond with another person, right? Like, you know, asking someone out or applying for a job or, you know, putting yourself out there. It, it's the same with failure. If you're in the middle of a process and you're, you're aiming for a result and then you fail, that's rejection also. And so it's, it's the exact same concept that you can apply to both. I mean, rejection and failure are essentially the same, but you, there's a quote, this isn't even a stoic quote, but it's, you don't confuse one defeat with a final defeat or one loss with like a final defeat. Right. So you're going to have setbacks, but you know, to kind of build off what you said with Hepatitis, I mean, you were saying that you, you start focusing on what you can control instead of what you can't. And then I took a deep dive into book four of meditations from Marcus Aurelius. And there's two quotes that stood out to me. And one, the first one was nothing can happen to me that isn't natural. And then later down the page, he says, it was for the best. So nature had no choice but to do it. So he, he keeps tying back and it's sort of this idea of, you know, like nature, fate, God, whatever it is, the, the controller of the uncontrollable, right? It's these things that if you place worry on it, I mean, that's a fallacy. There's, there's no point in worrying about the things that you simply can't control. And so, again, tying it back to the idea of projection and failure essentially being the same thing. 
The only thing you can do that you can control is a putting yourself out there and taking the risk or, you know, putting the work in and accepting the fact that you may fail or you may not get it on your first try. But those are things that you can't control. The only thing you can control is one, your work ethic, your like how researched, how knowledgeable you are about a topic and whatnot, and the work that you put in to achieving the result. Rejection and failure is inevitable. And I think the important part to note when he says, so nature had no choice but to do it. I sort of take that as, you know, whoever, whatever outside force is controlling what we cannot control. The reason we fail is so we understand the value of things when we do actually get it, right? I mean, I'll use this example. This isn't even necessarily about failure, but uh, remember when we got our first cars, right? So there were there were kids in our high school, one who either had, you know, no car, but there were kids who had either their parents pay fully for their car and there were kids who had to fully pay for their own car. And so it's this idea of like understanding the value of things. If you have someone completely pay for your own car and like you don't really have to put any work, it's harder to understand the value of what that car holds rather than if you, you know, I personally, I worked for two summers you know, all kinds of different jobs to pay for my car. And so understanding, you know, the struggles, the failures, the setbacks, and all of that process helps you understand the value once you finally achieve what you've been working for. Right. And I think you hit on a couple of key things there in terms of assessing value and acceptance. And I think those are steps, those are strategies that are down the line from rejection. I think if we're kind of getting into the tips, the strategies that we use that Stoics would advise in terms of handling rejection, handling failure. I think first and foremost is managing your expectations, right? Um, I was talking with you about this before we kind of hopped on here is that too often, especially within our generation is like, we expect the world to be handed to us. We expect everything good to come to us without work, without effort. We just expect to wake up, roll out of bed. You know, we're going to have success here. We're going to have success here. People are going to say, yes, people are going to like me. That's not how the world works, right? You can be the hardest working person. We've talked about um, Marcus Aurelius's quote where he says you can be doing great things and people are still going to you know, hate you. People are still going to be your detractors. But ultimately, we expect that with no work, everybody's going to love us. And the reality is, even with 100% work effort, you're gonna, still going to have people who say no, people who reject you, people who aren't going to support you. And so it kind of is a disconnect there in terms of our expectations to the reality of the world. And so that's what the first step is, is managing your expectations walk through your day, not expecting that everything's going to come easy, not expecting that everything is going to be a success, right? Um, If we're keeping score, just make sure that you win more than you lose, right? You have more successes throughout your days than failures. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you have zero failures. doesn't mean you aren't rejected at all. It just means that you're coming out on top more than you are getting rejected. And I think that's the only thing you can manage, right? We talk about how it's outside of your control. If it's a natural thing that occurs every day, manage your expectations, don't be blindsided by rejection by waking up and expecting that it won't happen today. Fully expect it, right? Put it in practice. Um, we talk about when you wake up, thinking about your right, game planning. Part of that game plan is saying, you know, today I'm going to be rejected in some form. We all, we all have our idea of what our daily routine is. And so we can expect when in that daily routine that's going to happen, but expect it to come at some point. Therefore, you're not going to be blindsided. You're not going to experience it and experience those negative emotions because you are prepared. And the more you, you are prepared, the more you put it in practice, like I keep saying, the less likely you are to experience the negative drawbacks of rejection, and the more likely you are to successfully push forward and handle rejection stoically. Right. And when you say, you know, you sort of have to like lower your expectations so you're not always disappointed, there's a difference between lowering your expectations and lowering your standards. Because 
when you, you know, when you lower your expectations, if you expect highly of other people, you're expecting, that doesn't mean it's guaranteed. That means you're kind of relying on, you know, the uncontrollable to always go your way. And that's why you're always disappointed. But standards are, are, are different. And that it's important to kind of highlight the contrast between the two, because it's easy to lower your expectations as well as your standards at the same time, if you don't really understand what that means. And the reason you don't want to lower your standards is because your standards are what you know you does like what you're worth, what you can do, what you can put out, what you can get back, right? And so if you lower your expectations, it's a lot easier, right, to like be disappointed and let down a lot less simply because you were never expecting a better result, like someone to yield a higher result. But if you lower your standards, then you're also, you know, losing your worth like it's sort of like when you have money in the savings account you have negative interest rates like it's just depreciating over time it's the same idea if you lower your standards like your self-worth is going to depreciate over time because you're allowing it to because you've lowered your standards and to touch back on your point you know you said we kind of feel like we deserve success like it's going to come easy we kind of we deserve this we deserve that that's really been you know sort of dictated by how our society works also nowadays simply because everything is so convenient accessible everything's quick. Um, we don't really have to work for anything, but you know, when our country was being built specifically America, I talk about, there was a lot of struggle. There were a lot of failures. There were a lot of tragedies, um, a lot of casualties and whatnot that actually went into building something so successful. And so that is definitely an illusion that has been, you know, perpetrated by just how simply how society is run and how it works in the way that we live our daily lives. So I completely agree when you touch on that, when you're talking about managing your expectations, you also have to look at things objectively, simply, instead of, you know, with emotion, because when you, you yourself or a situation or what you, what you should have with emotion, then you're going to think, you know, it's going to be kind of stretched or far-fetched. And simply when you look at it from a stoic perspective, um, that everything that's going to come to you is going to be natural, right? Then it's going to become a lot easier for you to accept these rejections and failures. Right. And I think one thing for me that's helpful in terms of managing my expectations is when you're going throughout your daily routine, whether it's you go through the day actually, or you're beginning in the morning and you're saying, this is what's going to happen today. This is what I want to accomplish is two things, right? The first is focusing on progress and your routine versus outcomes. And what that means is when I go throughout my day, right? If I, if I go to the gym, right. And I'm trying to hit a PR or I'm trying to do something and I fail, right. I don't get it. I'm proud that I got to the gym and that I'm going through it and I'm working hard instead of focusing on that failure. Because ultimately, if you kind of want to skew it, right, that's a rejection of me being able to hit that PR, um, me able to reach my goal for that day. But that doesn't mean that I have to, you know, oh, quit, throw in the towel, go home, stop working out. It just means that, you know, okay, that happened, but I'm still here at the gym. I'm still putting the work in, which is more than a lot of people can say. And so that's one thing. And then the second thing is when you're going throughout your daily routine, Group things in the categories, right? Group it into this is what must absolutely happen today, right? And that's like, if you know, if you want to meditate, absolutely has to happen today, right? Take a shower, just like the basic things that have to happen today. Things that you want to happen. Things that would be nice to have, have happen and you're going to put the work in to do, but they don't absolutely have to happen. They aren't a necessity. And then things that are nice, things that would be nice to happen. And so you group those things into three categories and then there's, you can tell my vocabulary what I'm stressing. There's a certain value on each of them, right? Mm -hmm. The things that must absolutely happen have the utmost value. They're the priority and they're the things that you have to get done. 
And those things are probably the least likely to have any sort of rejection or failure with, right? Meditation, um, that's under your control, right? And so that's why it places the highest value because that's things that are under your control. You dictate if you're able to meditate today. That's a solely you-focused mission. You dictate whether you're able to go to the gym. The things that you want to happen may be under your control, maybe they aren't. And so that's why they're placed in that second category. And then the things that would be nice to happen, largely I find are things that are outside of my control, right? And so those two strategies are what I personally have implemented in terms of managing my expectations daily, making it um, a better focus, better able to handle rejection or better able to handle failure. And it's two things that are really easy to do. It takes five minutes in the morning to group those things into categories. And it just takes a mindset throughout the day to focus on progress systems, your habits, your building versus the outcomes. Well, when we talk about mindset, it also, it takes a certain mindset to be able to identify the things, you know, the, what should happen, what would be nice and whatnot. Right. And that's completely right. And the things that you think should happen that are kind of that like middle category, right. The things that don't happen when you do fail or you are rejected from that result that you're trying to get, then you just put things in the, what should, what needs to happen, what will happen. You put things into that category that are going to get you closer to what you think should happen. It's that simple, right? I mean, you were talking about the gym and, you know, personally that resonates because I failed, you know, trying to hit PRs the past week and a half and it just hasn't gotten well for me. And so, you know, that's upsetting. And, but what am I going to do? I'm going to implement new things into what needs to happen in order to what I get to um, achieve what I think should happen. It's very simple. Um, I think another tip, you know, we, we talked about this was besides managing expectations was redefining rejection right? We, we, we kind of want to redefine. And we sort of touched on this, I guess, in the beginning when we were saying, you know, rejection, we need to look at it sort of objectively, simply because what we think, what we place our intrinsic values, and in that we kind of project those onto when we are rejected. And then that kind of defines if it's like negative or positive, right? Um, there's a quote from Marcus Aurelius, again, book four meditations, and he says, nowhere, or no, he says, um, it can ruin your life only if it ruins your character. Otherwise, it cannot harm you inside or out. And so that's all about projection and redefining what rejection really is, right? So we we talked we talked about this in numerous episodes. I can't even count, but it's where you know something external happens to us, but we we take it as an internal thing, something that we're supposed to be able to fix, something that we're supposed to have control over, and accepting the fact that we actually have control over very little is hard. You know, that yep. for it's in human nature to want to be in control of a lot of things, simply. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, again, that input versus output thing. I'll use the example if we want to kind of redefine rejection of like a job interview, right? The only thing you're in control over is your resume, the effort you put in in preparation and your side of the job interview. So you've got two sides of the desk, right? You've got the person hiring and the person who's in the interviewee, the person who's, you know, going to the interview, trying to get the job. The interviewee only has control over their side of the desk. They don't have control over the employer. They don't have control over the decision. And so the only thing that they can judge is their effort, right? And so if you're satisfied with your effort constantly, and this is just one example, but in all situations of rejection, if you are satisfied with your effort, then you can't define it as rejection, right? It's it's them saying that, you know, no, it's them saying no but you put the effort in. And so now it's just an opportunity. It's not rejection. It's an opportunity to improve, right? Um, You you may have put the effort in, but if your resume was a little weak in that job interview situation, now you know that. And so that's why I think one kind of sidebar for me is 
anytime there's an opportunity to ask for feedback when you are rejected, it's an absolute blessing. Whenever you're rejected, ask for feedback, ask why. And, you know, that doesn't always apply in every situation of rejection. And so it's up to you to apply that pro- appropriately. But when there is opportunity for feedback, get that always, because when you are rejected, but you get feedback, you are much less likely to get rejected the next time because you're going to apply that feedback. You're going to improve your effort. You're going to concentrate and you're going to focus on what that feedback said you were weak in and you're ultimately going to improve yourself. And if that's the goal in life, right, that's the goal of stoicism that we always talk about in terms of constant evolution, always making yourself better, then rejection is a great opportunity for that. Rejection is a great way to get you on the path towards virtue because Mm -hmm. you use it correctly. You get feedback, you learn, you adapt, and you become a better person. That's why I think redefining rejection is about is too often you know we we said you get rejected and instead of assessing you know why or applying it to yourself so that you get better you just say oh i'm not good enough or you give up or at least you know you question your worth there's self-doubt and you don't try again or you don't improve and that's why blame right you know we point fingers yeah Mm -hmm. and that's why stoics were so against you know labeling it as rejection epictetus uses the analogy of somebody was carted off to prison right um, everybody says that he was carted off to prison. That's what happened. But then when everybody says, oh, he has had bad luck, everybody applies that to his situation and it becomes sort of an objective thing instead of subjective mm-hmm. thing. Nobody truly knows if that person has bad luck or what the situation was. The only thing we know is what we are seeing. That person was carted off to prison, right? And what he's saying is that there is no such thing as rejection. What he's saying is there's no such thing as kind of this objective sense of what actually happened. It's all subjective, right? We can all apply our own narrative to any situation. And so it's up to you to apply the correct narrative to rejection. That's what truly redefining rejection means is apply the correct narrative, right? Don't apply it as something that um, kind of evokes negative feelings that makes you sad, that makes you doubt yourself or question your worth. Make it something that says, you know, okay, I'm proud of the effort I put in, but where can I improve? I think that's what to me personally, redefining rejection means. One. I totally agree with you on when it comes to redefining rejection. Also, um, we put rejection, we, we sort of classify that into the category of we didn't achieve the outcome, right? We put it on the result, right? Uh, like it's result based. And I've read this in many books. I'll, I'll name one um, atomic habits. And I've kind of mentioned this to you before, but James clear, he writes about, you know, how you need to have a system based mindset rather than an outcome based because if you simply are focused on the result you're going to completely miss everything that goes into achieving that result and so i think rejection is actually very similar in that way because we put it on the result we don't when we acknowledge rejection for the most part usually typically we think of oh we didn't get the result but then we completely overlook the process and what we actually did learn simply because you didn't achieve the result that you set for yourself doesn't mean you didn't get anywhere because you were actually still trying, you were still learning or putting in the work, right? Getting stronger, whatever, getting smarter. That doesn't mean you didn't get anywhere. It simply just means you didn't get to where you want to be yet, right? And so when you are, you know, whether it's a job interview, right? We've used that example a lot. And you put a lot of work into your resume or, you know, interview prep and you don't get the job. Like Marcus said, so nature had no choice but to do it because it was for the best. Uh, having a one the 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 mindset of it was natural it was meant to happen this is kind of i meant to go through this that is one thing that's going to help you a lot also understanding that you know 
I look what I still gained. I still gained all of this knowledge. I still gained all of this prep for interview. And now I can keep building off of it. Or I got this much better at building my resume. Right. And so it, it ties rejection ties back into the mindset of not focusing on the result as much. You're focused equally as much on the process and ex- appreciating the thing, the progress you have made. It just, maybe you didn't get to the result that you wanted right away, but that doesn't mean you didn't get anywhere at all. You're still moving in the right direction. And so this is like a great bridge into our third, you know, I guess tip for dealing with rejection is acceptance. Now this is a very broad, you know, tip, right? This is a very broad piece of advice and this can go many ways. So I'll let you go first. Kind of, I know you wanted to touch on some things about acceptance, but. Well, actually, you know, I had a final point on redefining rejection. I think we we talked about labels and i think that's one label i think we label things as rejection right we label things as failure but that's you subjectively applying that label and i think why it's so important one of the most important tips we have is that when you remove that label you see things more clearly seneca says and this is kind of why i wanted to make that last point i had a Seneca mm-hmm. quote that's great he says that to bear trials with a calm mind robs misfortune of its strength and burden and i think that's what um he's directly saying here right it's a trial, right? When you are rejected, it's an obstacle. It's a trial in your life that you have to go through, especially when we talk about those big things like a job or college or, you know, your dating life, that's a big thing for you. But if you approach it with a clear mind, suddenly all of the kind of weight, all of the burden of that rejection goes away and it becomes that opportunity. And the way to do that is removing the label of rejection and redefining rejection. And so that's kind of my last piece on that. Mm-hmm. And you're right. The, the third tip that we have is acceptance. And we talked about acceptance with emotional regulation. And acceptance is going to play a big part in basically anything you approach when it comes to a stoic mindset and trials. And it's because acceptance means that you don't care about things that are outside of your control. You don't worry about them. And that's one of the biggest um, teachings of stoicism is that you should do that. And so that's why acceptance is um, one of the biggest things in terms of advice, when it comes to emotional regulation, when it comes to rejection, when it comes to failure, when it comes to basically any negative thing in your life, you just have to accept it as the course of life and kind of nature's intervention and that it just kind of comes with the territory of being a human being. But for me, acceptance when it comes to rejection means that you accept the outcome and are proud of the effort. I think about how when you are rejected, right, when you're rejected, I'll use air quotes because, you know, we don't want to label it as that. The result's the same as if you had never tried, right? But you actually put effort in, so it's a better result, mm-hmm. right? Um, with the job interview, right? If you had never applied for the job, you wouldn't have the job. If you did the interview and you didn't get the job, you wouldn't have the job. So nothing actually harmed you, right? You didn't have a worse result because you were rejected. Same thing goes if you ask a girl out, but you she says, no, you're not going on a date then. But if you had never asked her out, you weren't going to go on a date either no harm became of it, right? Because you were in the same station that you were before you put in the effort. But the key is you put in effort, right? You tried. And that's a great thing, right? What You have the freedom to try. You have the freedom to take risks, take chances, right? And if you're doing that, that's something you should be proud of because you're bolder, you're, you, you know, you're more confident, you're more courageous than the person who never tries. And so I think that's what acceptance looks like when it comes to rejection is acknowledging, you know, nothing actually bad came of that, right? My life didn't, didn't see a downgrade because I was rejected. Nothing really worsened, but I put in the effort and that's something to be pretty proud of. And I think that's the most healthy mindset you can have when it comes to rejection. And also practicing gratitude, right? Because as soon as you start to be gracious for the things you do have, when you are quote rejected, you're, you're so grateful for what you do have and you're not, you don't, that 
there's a there's a lot I want to unpack here because what you're saying you covered a really great point is you still have the same outcome if you're rejected mm-hmm. rejected from something rather than if you didn't try at all, right? And so that that's like the best way to put it that nothing is actually happening to you. Like truthfully, externally and internally, you are fine. The only thing that's going to happen is your ego's hurt a little bit, right? Or emotionally, you just feel a little bit let down. But truly, nothing is actually happening to you. The outcome doesn't change. You simply just gain experience or knowledge, or maybe you gain nothing. But that doesn't mean you lose something, right? In our one of our previous episodes, we talked about having a zero sum mindset, and it, it's negative because as soon as you adopt this mindset, you are saying essentially, "Oh, if I lose one time, I lose everything," right? And so it's either zero or it's everything. And so having a non-zero sum mindset of you know, I can still maybe fail one time, but I'm still fine. I still have everything. Nothing happened to me. I'm still okay. It's the same principle. And so when it comes to being accepting and practicing gratitude, the more you practice gratitude daily, and this is what Stoics did all the time, especially, you know, Marcus Seneca, the, the more prominent and well-known Stoics, they were grateful for essentially everything in their life. And that sounds silly, you know, like, why would, why would I be grateful for the little things? Well, as soon as you don't have something that you take for granted, then you're going to realize but we don't want to get to that point. We want to be at the point always where we appreciate everything and we understand the value every single day of the things that we do have. And so allowing yourself to adopt that mindset and then you're sort of intertwining that with the mindset of when I'm rejected, I'm not actually rejected. It just, you know, I didn't get what I wanted, but I'm still okay. Mm -hmm. Right. I can still keep working. There are things you can do, right. I'm, for example, I'll go back to the, you know, the gym example, right? You fail a PR. Well, what can you do? There are things you still can do to get to your goal. It just didn't happen yet. You don't want to fail once and then think you failed forever. Well, and think about the thing that I think about is think about kind of leaders, think about military leaders, right? They they don't have a, they aren't batting a hundred percent, right? Leaders in society today and throughout history have failed at some point, right? Um, some failures are more costly than others. Some failures, you know, lead to the collapse of a society or the leader's no longer in power. But in their journey to becoming a leader, whether it's Marcus Aurelius, whether it's Caesar, whether it's current presidents, they failed at some point, but they still got to these great heights. And I think one thing that you said that I want to touch on is that, um, you know, when you try failure once, like you realize nothing happens. Once you do that, it kind of multiplies, right? Once you fail once and you realize, okay, I gained something from this or nothing changed and I'm okay you do it again and then you do it again and then you do it two times a day and then three times. And then it just kind of multiplies to the point where you are no longer afraid of failure. You are no longer afraid of rejection. And at that point you become kind of like a a superhero in terms of modern society, because think about, especially in our generation, Gen Z, think about how many people are afraid of rejection, how many people walk through life and say, you know, okay, I'm not going to do that because they could say no versus if you're walking around saying, well, if they say no, who cares, right? It's the same outcome. I'm going to go do that. Right. You have an advantage over others because you're willing to take those risks, take those chances, take that extra step that other people aren't. And so that's why it's so important. And, you know, Marcus Aurelius has another quote. He says that, is it unfortunate that this has happened? No, it's fortunate that this has happened and no harm. And I, I, and I remain unharmed, right? And it's the same concept we're talking about, right? When you look at things that may seem unfortunate, think about, am I actually harmed by them? And that's that's the large concept of this rejection argument is that, if you truly think about when you were rejected, what harm came to you, and you'll find that if it's emotional harm, right, you let that happen. That's a subjective thing, right? And in truth, in terms of the big picture of life, no harm came upon you. 
And so if you're doing things that give you that big advantage with so little, you know, downside, so little risk of harm, why would you not take those chances? Why would you not embrace that lifestyle? It's something that, you know, really makes a lot of sense. It's really simple. And it's something that just requires a little bit of effort, a little bit of thinking after you're rejected, right? And that's what I'm saying is that if you're willing to take that first step and get rejected once, if you have the bravery to do that, then you also have the courage and the kind of fortitude to take a step back after you're rejected if it happens and say, okay, no harm became um, came to me. And so I can do this again. Right. And to build on to your point about, you know, the way you look at failure or rejection, the, the one thing I, I add to it is if I fail or if I'm rejected, at least th- like that proves that I'm trying. It mm-hmm. proves that I'm working or I'm trying for something at least, because if you never try, you're never going to fail, you know, and if you never fail, that means you never tried. So it's, it's, it's very, it's the same way. And also with failure and, and rejection, both. I, I don't really like using those words, failure, rejection. It's just simply, you know, it's like a detour, right? You kind of have to take another route. You have to find another path. But with those two things in mind, I think it's very important to note that the reason most people don't start something, like if they, they don't start a business or they don't start going to a gym or they don't, whatever they're trying to do that they really want to do. But the one reason they don't start is because they're afraid. Mm-hmm. And whether, you know, that's afraid of what other people say, that's a whole different thing. But one, because they're they're afraid to fail in front of other people. But I mean, Michael, Michael Jordan was one of the greatest basketball players ever. And he's, he was cut from his high school basketball team. Right. So it's like the, the best people in any field of any, you know, field of experience or whatever have all failed tremendously. You know um, I mean, I promise like the, the great business owners, that wasn't their first idea. They just got lucky. Right. And that's what something that today's society, we don't really see especially with how much time we spend on social media. And I'll talk specifically about, you know, these young entrepreneurs nowadays, right. Or these drop shippers or, you know, affiliate marketers or, and whatnot. There's this false, you know, lens put on these things where it's so easy. You know, we have, there, there's examples of this everywhere, fitness industry, how to get a six pack in what, like five minutes, right. We've seen those videos that are just complete garbage or it's like, you know, how to make $10,000 easily. And as soon as we start to see these everywhere and they're just in every, you know, possible click, then we sort of stray away from, oh no, it actually, you have to fail in order to get there. This is just what worked for that person. And then we think, oh, well, if I fail, then this won't work or I can't keep trying. And that's why it's, it's kind of messed up that we, we live this way now is because we confuse a single failure with a final loss and that we can never go any further than that failure now simply because everybody is telling us that. Right. And if I want to kind of take it to the extreme with my extreme example, right. Amazon would not be around if Jeff Bezos was afraid of failure, afraid of rejection. Right. He was, um, I forget if it was like a stock trader or something in New York city, he was putting in like 20 hour days after college sleeping in his office. And he said, you know, I'm not happy with this. So I'm going to take a chance and I'm going to go try and start Amazon, start my own business. Amazon wouldn't be around. If he was afraid of those things, afraid of failure, afraid of rejection, Apple wouldn't be around. So many of these big companies, those things that are kind of staples of American society, things that we love would not be around if the people who created them were afraid of somebody saying no or failing. They stake their lives on that, right? If they stake their lives on making these big businesses and we're so successful, right? You can ask that girl out. You can ask that guy out, right? You can, you know, try and hit a PR. You can apply for a job that seems difficult. 
You can apply to tough colleges. You can do all these things because they are small in comparison to staking your entire life on a big picture idea like Amazon or Apple or a business. People, entrepreneurs stake their entire lives on that. So you should be able to stake a small section of your day on on failing, on rejection, right? You should be able to do that. It's easy in comparison. And I think when you look at it with that mindset, just look at everything with that big picture mindset, right? Take it to the extreme because it makes it much easier to kind of compartmentalize and minimize the damage that happens when you experience your daily rejection or rejection from big picture things. Like if I use a personal example, right? I applied to 14 colleges this year and I view myself as a pretty intelligent individual. My um, academic statistics were pretty good. GPA was pretty I can good. confirm SAT. for those listening. I can confirm. SAT was pretty good. And so I, you know, I applied to like, I applied to Duke. I applied to Ivy League schools. I applied to 14 and I only got into three of them. Right. And for me, it was really difficult as somebody who I'm pretty okay with day-to-day rejection. It was difficult. And it was something that I did struggle with, but ultimately it's something that you're able to get around. It's something that, you know, three out of 14, um, maybe you're not going to the school that you ultimately, you know, you envision you would be going to the next year, but there's two things, right? You keep mentioning how it's a product of nature and how if nature didn't want it to happen, it wouldn't happen. Right. So that's my mindset is that it happened for a reason. And I'm going to go experience something at the school I'm going to that makes it worth it and makes it so that all these rejections ultimately led to the right path. And then secondly is saying, you know, look at my failure, look at these rejections in comparison to these big historical figures. And I'm, I'm somebody who views myself as I project and I visualize and I think that I'm going to be there someday, right? I'm going to be very successful one day. I'm going to be, whether it's an entrepreneur or a lawyer, like I want to do, I, it's something that I think that ultimately when I get to that point, I'm going to be on that level of maybe not Jeff Bezos or Steve Jobs, but somebody who's very successful, somebody who's, you know, very well known for pushing through failure. And so that's just one chapter in the book, right? And if they can get through those things and stake their lives on it, then this college rejection stuff is not that big of a deal. And so that's my, my personal example. And it's something where, that was a big struggle for me. Somebody who is really focused on academics and was really proud of my record, you know, kind of the biggest thing that I had going for me is kind of rejected and thrown away by these colleges, right? It's kind of like an identity thing. It's kind of that self-worth thing, but those two strategies I employed. And now it's something where I'm like, okay, this is just something that I'm going to have to handle. And I think, again, when it comes to that day-to-day stuff, which is probably the most important over the big picture, the day-to-day stuff build the habits so you can handle that big picture. And we began the episode saying that those things seem little, they seem very minimal, but they're the battles to win the war, right? We keep talking about um, one, one failure compared to a final loss. Those are the one failures, right? So that when you get to those big losses, you're able to handle them. And so that's my advice. Employ the strategies we've um, given you today, employ the tips in the way that you see fit, but ultimately start them on your day-to-day life employ them in your daily routine, right? Because the more you build up your tolerance for rejection, the more you practice it, you're going to be able to handle it when it is a really big thing, when it is something that, you know, maybe becomes an objective label of like, that was a failure, right? You're able to handle it then. Right. And the more you train your mind to kind of accept the, you know, the failures and the rejections, the easier it's going to get. And it's important to note your life is going to look, it's not going to be a perfectly straight linear line as soon as you start to like implement you know, these, these mind, these tips and these, these habits, it's going to look like a stock market. You know, you're going to get real high and then you might get all the way down to like where you started and then you're going to slowly build back. But in the end with these habits, you're always going to end up higher than where you started. It just takes time. 
And so it's just important to, to see things that way and accept that that's life. Bad things are going to happen. But simply put, as Stoics would say, you know, how can I how can I benefit from this? How can I use this to my benefit? That's that was the first quote I said from Seneca was he turns whatever happens into his own benefit, understanding that you're going to fail, you're going to be rejected. And I know, you know, you personally, I remember when we were going through the college application process and we were getting all our results back and our applications back. I remember, but that was, it seems like a while ago that that happened. Yeah. It, it seems like it was forever ago. And I think, you know, sort of implementing these stoic principles and these stoic values has really changed us in the way that we view these situations. Because I remember, you know, when we first, when we were talking to each other about that, I remember how upsetting it was and how, like, I remember the conversations that we had and they are very different than the ones that we have now. And it not much has changed in what, six, seven months. Right. But our mindset. Yeah. And the way that we look at these things. And it's made a drastic difference in both of our lives. And it's not just with college applications, with everything. Right. And I think for me, I think back on that. And when I got those kind of rolling around, you know, in March and April, right. I thought back to a year before that and how I wouldn't have been able to handle that successfully. Right. Like I would have been ultimately crushed by those kind of, you know, a lot of those rejections. Right. And instead of, you know, being crushed and, you know, oh, this means that all my work was worth nothing. I was just making jokes about it. Right. Like I was saying, like, I haven't experienced this much rejection since like freshman year asking out girls. Right. Like I was making <laughs> jokes about it. Like I was having a good time with it. And, you know, it bothered me a little bit. But I think that when you get to those big things like college or a job you really want, like it is still going to bother you a little bit. It's only human for it to bother you a little bit. It's I was just about thing. to say it's human nature. It's the, it's the same thing as the emotional regulation. It's not letting it dictate your next action, right? Like you can sit there and be a little bit disappointed for a couple of minutes. There's nothing wrong with that. That's probably the appropriate right. action. You can't suppress that kind of feeling, but then move forward from it. Look at it as an opportunity to progress. And I think that's one thing that I kind of want to end on, right? Like it's hard. We talked about emotional regulation too. It's very hard to accept rejection, accept failure as a natural part of life, right? We all want to be successful and we all want to be happy and failure and rejection is not a way to be happy. That's just human nature, right? We don't want to embrace that as a difficult road, but there are a lot of tools that you can employ to make it easier, to make it something that becomes secondhand nature, right? And so it's just giving that effort and trying and still realizing that yes, you are a human being. You can experience feelings of disappointment you can be dissatisfied with rejection, dissatisfied with failure. There's nothing wrong with that, but don't let it dictate your next action. Don't let it say, don't let it make you tell yourself that you're not worth anything, that you're doubting yourself. You're doubting your ability to accomplish that goal you set out for yourself. Don't let it do that. Simply use it as an opportunity to improve so that you don't fail next time. You aren't rejected next time. That's the best possible outcome you can have from rejection. Mm -hmm. And these strategies, these tips we've given you are ways to do that. And so that's my final piece of advice is that, yes, we are human beings. So experience that feeling of disappointment, you know, revel in that rejection and say, you know, well, it was a tough day. It was a tough failure or whatever it was. You know, I'm disappointed. I'm dissatisfied with the outcome. But don't let that stop you from trying again, because eventually, you know, you're not going to if you want to kick down a door, say, for example, right, it's not going to take one kick. You're not going to kick it once and it's going to fall down. It's going to take kick after kick after kick. So keep kicking, right? Keep kicking at that door. Whatever whatever goal you have, it's behind that door. So keep kicking, right? 
accept failure, accept rejection, but keep going. Don't let it push you back. I think that's what the Stoics would advise, right? Mm-hmm. They're not saying, you know, rejection isn't going to happen. They're not saying that you can't be disappointed with rejection. They're saying be free and don't let rejection hold you back. And so manage your expectations, you know, redefine rejection, accept it. You're going to find that employing these strategies together within your daily routine means that you're no longer scared of being told no. You're no longer scared of being told not right now, or you can't have that, or, you know, we didn't give you the job. You're not getting into this college because it just comes with life. It comes naturally. And so it's going to be, you know, it's going to roll off and you're ultimately going to be a better human being for it. And also, you know, nobody remembers the guy who quit after seven tries. People remember the guy who kept going and succeeded after eight. You know, it's, you could be one failure, one rejection, one setback away. You never know, but if because if you quit, you'll never go, you're never going to find out. And I think it's very important that what you said that you're not going to be scared of it anymore. It's not going to. That doesn't mean it won't necessarily make you feel sad or you know a little let down to lose because it's like you said, it's human nature, and it's the exact same thing with regulating your emotions. I'm retouching on what you just said, right? But when you mix those two and you mix that mindset of you know this is this is natural, this is supposed to happen, and I'm feeling this way, but I'm going to leverage it. You become such a powerful individual and you set yourself apart, you know, from the majority of people nowadays, if you're able to sort of do those things and realize those things, you know, failure, it's, it happened. It's, it's all around us, but at the end of the day, the world's going to keep going. The sun's going to keep coming up every day, regardless of how you feel. So you can choose to rather, you know, be rejected and stay down. But if you stay down and you dwell for too long, it's like, if you hold a cup of water straight out with your arm for, you know, a few minutes, you, you might, you'll be okay. But if you hold a cup of water straight out for two, three, four days, your arm's going to fall off and you're never going to be able to get move past that. It's the same thing with a problem and a failure and a rejection. If you dwell on those things for too long, they will, they'll paralyze you. They'll keep you in the same place for a long time and you'll never be able to move past it. And all it takes is a simple mindset change, right? There, there is no, it's, it's all about the way you look at things. That's what stoicism is really all about. It's not about changing the things around you. It's, it's not letting the things around you change you. That, that's simply all it is. It's, it's all about your perspective. And this goes for almost every single topic that we've ever talked about. It's not about, I mean, sure, you have to take action, right? But you take action inside yourself first. So I'd like to close today with a quote that says, you know, know where you can go is more peaceful more free of interruptions than your own soul. And that's a Marcus Aurelius quote, you know, oftentimes with rejection or with failure, with any hardship, we like to place the blame on something else. Or we like to try and run to a fix or, you know, whether it's healthy or unhealthy, but the one place, if you can truly master it, that will never let you down is within yourself. If you're able to, you know, go within your own mind and be clear and be at peace. That's the biggest tool of it all. No, you know, there's a, there's a quote, I follow these, you know, stoic quotes on Instagram, because it's kind of nice to see those every day. But it was, you know, no man is free who isn't a master of himself, you can't conquer the world unless you conquered yourself. You are each each individual person, you know, listening to this, you and I, we, we each have our this power within us, this ability, this potential that could be if we simply master ourselves, and master the way we think. And, that, and that's so important with rejection, because if we allow, you know, external events to dictate our actions, never going to get anywhere. And I think, you know, your college example is fantastic, because that's very, 
applicable to a lot of people our age, I would assume, you know, especially in the U.S. anyway. Um, we've all experienced, you know, a lot of disappointments or letdowns, you know. But now it's we've moved past our expectations, right? We were expecting, you know, we had these great academic records. So we expect that we would get in, right? And so now that we've talked about this and we've moved past it, it's a lot easier to deal with it and to accept it. And so those three, those two, those three steps in order are probably the best way. If you manage your expectations, then you're able to redefine what rejection is. And then it's a lot easier to accept. So I guess that's kind of, those are like my last words and all in all, but it's really just a mindset, a mindset and perspective shift when it comes to dealing with these things. If you stop allowing your intrinsic morals and your values to project the negative light on what a rejection would look like, and you just allow it you know, like your Epictetus example is being carried off to jail. People say, oh, he has bad fortune. You know, it's that example. So, yeah, no, um, I think that's great. And I think one thing that I mentioned is like, we've said it at the end, right? This goes hand in hand with emotional regulation. The two deep dives we've taken so far go hand in hand, right? Because if you're able to um, um, regulate your emotions, right, you're going to be better able to handle rejection, right? And vice versa, right? If you successfully mastered, right, that you're able to go through failure, you're able to go through rejection without getting overly emotional about it, then you're already on a path to emotional regulation. So they go hand in hand. And so my advice would be, if you haven't listened to our last episode on emotional regulation, go listen to that one. Thank you for listening to episode 23. Um, Go find us on threads. We made a threads account. Uh, It's in our link tree. Um, Look it up, Mm -hmm. Gen Z Stoic on threads. We're going to be very active on there. We're going to be very active on YouTube. And, you know, we appreciate every comment. We really like to engage with people who are listening. So, you know, especially on YouTube, throw in the comments, right? You know, what you thought about the episode, any thoughts on future episode topics, or if, you know, you're just struggling with something, want to talk to us, it'd be great. So this has been episode 23. I've been your co-host, Ren. And I'm your co-host, Mateo. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.